Hello everyone, this is Alex Trimble from The Alex Trimble Show, and today, you guessed it, today is a good day. See, today we have another great friend of the show on, my good friend, Britton Block. See, she serves as the Vice President for Town Acquisition Strategy and Head of Recruiting for a little-known bank called Navy Federal Credit Union. Yes, prior to that, she served as the Executive Director for Talent Acquisition at USAA, and the list keeps going on, serving in similar capacities organizations such as IBM, Marriott, and Fifth Third Bank. The woman is a powerhouse. And so being in that role, I wanted to ask her to show her, really talk about what should organizations be doing in order to attract the best talent while at the same time, what should those individuals looking to make a move, looking to progress in their leadership journey, what should they be doing to stand out and uh, does she deliver? If you're interested in either one of those topics, this is going to be the conversation for you. And you know what? I'm going to give you a little bit of a heads up. We're going to be talking about networking. <laughs> Yes, networking and, and the strategies that she's used to be successful. But look, if you're interested in networking, there is definitely a resource you need to be reading today. And it's called Reaching Senior Leadership. You can find it on Amazon.com. It's one of my books I wrote just a couple years ago. And I'm telling you, there is some phenomenal advice in there in regards to networking, political savvy, executive presence, and really understanding where you are in your career and what skills and qualities and strengths you have to help you reach your goals. So thank you so much for joining me again today. And well, any further ado, my friend, Britton Block. Hello, everyone. This is Alex Trimble from The Alex Trimble Show. And and you know what? You know what? We have an, another awesome guest with us here today. <laughs> I I realize I'm being a little bit over the top, but I'm not. If, if, if you're here with us today, you're about to be blown away because I'm here with my friend, Britt. How are you doing today, madam? I'm doing great. Thanks, Alex. It's such a joy to be here today. I'm so excited to spend time with you. As am I. I, well, sorry. I'm also excited to spend time with you, not myself. I'm always with myself. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting this off track. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, I really have been so excited about having a conversation with you because I, I think there, one, you and I had our, our initial conversation a while back and I learned so much within that short period of time that I just knew that there was so much could be shared with our listeners, with our, with our people who are watching and listening. So I, I honestly want to start off um, with, you know, you introduced me to the idea of the great re-engagement. Like everyone's been talking about this great resignation. Like there's, there's an article every day about the great resignation, but you, you introduced this idea of the great re-engagement. Can you, can you share what that means and what that is? Yeah. So, you know, I actually wrote an article for Newsweek on it. I kept seeing so many articles on the great resignation and I thought, well, gosh, you know, let's, let's focus on the great re-engagement, you know, that has to do with internal mobility and understanding what incredible uh, talent we have internally and lifting those individuals up. So, you know, Navy Federal has done a beautiful job with Navy Federal University. Uh, it offered over 2,000 upskilling, reskilling engagements. Um, the curriculum is fantastic. 
this really goes back to combating that degree bias, you know, so investing in skills, elevating skill-based hiring. And so with that, you know, that opens up new channels uh, for certifications. Um, when we're investing in skills for the future, um, that's where we're gonna have diverse talent, diverse communities, um, bringing skills for the future. And, and I am very fortunate to be in the role that I am, which is overseeing talent acquisition, um, because I'm able to really elevate those programs and give lift to the internal talent that we have. Matter of fact, I, I recently just hired, I, I won't share the name yet, but I did hire an individual that will be fully focused on internal mobility and her scope will be guiding, coaching, giving visibility to enterprise opportunities. Um, and that is very energizing to know that you have a development path and career options and mobility options. So, you know, let's let's really laser focus on the great re-engagement. Do those stay interviews. Um, schedule purposeful one-on-ones that aren't workflow related, but development related. Like, how are you and what's important to you and what's going on with you right now? And you know, what do you have concerns about? You know, I, I really make time every week uh, for what I call skip levels. And I also do roundtables. I, I want to stay very, very close to the teams. And I think when you stay that close, you're investing in people. They feel valued and they're energized and they're re-engaged. So that's what's meant by the re-engagement, the great re-engagement. Um. Look, look I, again, I'm with you. I promise you I'm with you, but that requires time and mm -hmm. effort. And aren't we all really busy? Isn't it, isn't it just easier to say, you know what, I, that person has these letters behind their name. So I'm going to hire that person. I know that person, other person could have the skills, but you know, this is a more sure bet. I mean, is, is that, is that translate? Yeah. So I actually just had a, uh this conversation with our SVP of, of human resources, and we were talking about degree bias. Um, and we were talking about, you know, being very intentional to lift those that are passionate and have the talents and the grit and the servant leadership and the innovation and the thought leadership and the positivity and the inspiration. So, you know, understanding what skills we have internally and lifting up those skills, but not being title obsessed or pedigree obsessed. And don't get me wrong. And I've said this before in other podcasts. Um, I have many friends that have PhDs. I am so impressed with higher education. My son is a senior at UCF. I applaud him. But Nick, my son, also knew that he had an option if he chose to, you know, keep pursuing his computer science certifications and he wanted to not do a four-year degree, I would have equally celebrated that, but he enjoys his yeah. college experience. Yeah. You, you, you know, you know, when we, when we think about how do, I, how do I want to approach this? So I, I was thinking about what you were talking about. And the reality is, is that I, I truly do feel like 
you're right there. We do have the tendency to to rely on those titles. We do tend have the tendencies to rely on um, those, you know, know, professional titles and letters by your name. And they do tend to mean something to employees. Right. So, you know, you're talking about doing something internally, actually having someone focused towards finding opportunities for in employees within your organization to to move around advance and, and and grow and learn um do you run into that space where look there maybe there's not the next opportunity for you and 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 how do you deal with that and and maybe that just means that you're in this spot and you're just developing your skills until you go somewhere else like how do you how do you position yourself in the organization when maybe there just aren't enough positions within the organization to consistently hire within well, it may not be about hiring. Maybe it's about gig work. You know, maybe it's about stretch opportunities. Um, maybe it's about shadow opportunities. You know, giving an individual the opportunity to do, learn, and grow, giving them the vil- visibility to opportunities that they may not necessarily end up full time permanently in that role. But let's elevate their skills and let's give them that upskill opportunity. Um, But this comes down to visibility and you have to have ambassadorship for these individuals, which is why we are instituting a formal internal mobility program. So, you know, in talent acquisition, you have several channels. You've got early in career, military affairs, experience hiring. Um, You've got staff org, which is contractor hiring. So, the, the, the window that we're missing is let's have a dedicated division to internal mobility, somebody that serves as that ambassador yeah. and is a connector across yeah. the enterprise that can help facilitate and introduce and help guide and support the process. But again, you're right. There's not always going to be a permanent role, but let's at least give visibility to gig work or flexing or rotations Um, At Navy Federal, they call it details. Some of the best people that I've had land on my team came from rotations where they were member service representatives, which is a very stressful position. Um, It's the front line, uh, working with very emotional communities needing help. Um, And when they made that segue into human resources, it was already ingrained in them to be customer service driven, paying it forward, helping people. And that's what talent acquisition is. But again, you know, you wouldn't think that a member service representative would be ideal in human resources, but they absolutely are. But they need to be given that opportunity and platform to shine. Uh, I I love it. I love it. I, I, I really appreciate this. The point of talent acquisition is not always external facing. I, I, I mean, oh, it's, yeah. it, it seems obvious when you say it, but I don't think that's the the go-to maybe thought process around that? No, it's, uh, we are really becoming so intentional. Uh, We have a division led by Will Usher, um, who's a fantastic leader. It's called Talent Acquisition Programs. And so within Talent Acquisition Programs, that's where we have the opportunity for new channel activation. So you've got military affairs, really helping those with transferable skills transferable skill sets make that change into the corporate culture, which is a very intimidating uh, transition. But then we also have early and career professionals um, that need the opportunity to stretch and grow and do project-based work. 
um, so that they can come back to Navy Federal in a full-time role. So that's us investing in early talent, but let's take it a few steps further. This is also new channel activation in regards to uh, certification programs, differently abled individuals, neurodiverse individuals. I mean, there's a, there's a whole world out there to tap into that we can diversify our talent communities. And I kind of chuckle sometimes because you see this war for talent, labor shortage, you know, mm -hmm. high demand, low supply. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, so let's invest in different talent channels, which makes the most sense for diversity. But let's also invest in our internal talent um, and let's stop participating in this volatile marketplace. Um, let's let's diversify. Let's open up the candidate aperture, skill based hiring, mitigate that degree bias. Uh, so so look, you you're you're hitting down the path I wanted to I, I wanted to ask you about. So this war for talent. OK, we, we've been hearing it like it's, it's a big thing. Um, and, and later, I want to ask, you, you know, like if, if you are if you are a quote unquote talent, like how what are people looking for? But really quickly, um, we are talking about wanting to diversify our workforces. Right. We, we, we've been talking about this. And and I had an epiphany the other day. I was speaking to a, an individual who runs um, a, a really intentional internship program like you talked about they actually partner with high schools and then yes. develop the skills that then move them into the organization and fellowships to full-time like it, it literally provides that pathway in those skills I, I love it and as him and I were talking I said you know what's funny is I didn't realize this this next comment is bad until like right now there are only so many people of color out there and, and there are only so many of them with high quality skills. So we got to make sure we get them first because someone else is going to get them. And I was like, that's a crazy thought to have. Actually, there's only so many of them that are smart and qualified. Like I, I, I thought that's and the same thing for neurodiversity. There's only so many of them that are smart and qualified. No, like I, this, it, let's call you have it. You to um, give them the opportunity. It, yeah. It's, I'm not kidding you. You know, this is why. So Alex, you know, I love supporting organizations like Boys and Girls Club or Junior T Achievement. They're they're teaching that financial literacy and life readiness skills. They're investing in our early talent. But when you think about Navy Federal, um, they're prioritizing those early and career programs. You know, they've given me full support in activating new channels that enable and create those fair and equitable opportunities across diverse communities, underrepresented communities, at-risk communities. You know, I recently had such a great opportunity to join the board of Leadership Fairfax, and I attended my first board meeting uh, last week. It was all day. Um, I met a bunch of new people because I just relocated to Virginia, so everything's new to me. But what I'm proud about and, and appreciate the opportunity to contribute on is they are really developing curriculum that's helping shape and influence these these communities. You know, they're investing in our skills for the future. Um, yeah. And that has to do with, so, you know, at Navy Federal, we do year up. Um, so that's high school rising stars. And I'm not talking about rising stars as far as, you know, pedigree. I'm talking about, do they have the potential? Yeah. You know, do they have the passion? Are they committed to, to stretching and growing? And then you look at the community outreach efforts and there are scholarships to help put um, populations of talent through this type of curriculum. And I'm, I'm so proud to contribute to that. 
because it is about giving visibility to opportunity, but then investing in them to upskill. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, literally, literally before I jumped on on our our interview today, I happened to look at my LinkedIn and and a listener actually reached out to me saying that they've been looking, um, they've been in the job search right now. They're in that market that where everyone's bouncing around right now. And they said, you know, this show has been super helpful and just kind of keeping them motivated, inspired. Um, for, For that person, like, what do you think? Can you been in this this talent acquisition world for a minute before Navy Federal? You had been you were IBM, you were at Fifth Third Bank, you were at um, USAA. Yes, USAA. Yeah. Like you, you've been in this for a while, and I, I love when our first conversation you talked about how the reason why you you stay on cutting edge because you literally read something every single day. You're always learning. So for that individual, those individuals looking to make that career transition, who want to stand out, what advice would you have for those individuals? So I've always been a big believer in what I call healthy networking. You know, others might look at it as strategic networking or being politically savvy, but I I look at healthy networking and healthy networking is paying it forward. So when I talk to individuals that are exploring career options, which is such an intimidating process um, and not everybody is comfortable in that process, it's really interacting and connecting with people before you want something. Um, so (laughs) it is, it's, it's interacting with different, uh, communities and learning and supporting people. So it's not really strategic networking and it's not really political savvy. Um, you know, I've always found that the most inspiring and valuable leaders, you know, they authentically lead with that heart and empower other others, investing in and lifting others. Well, it goes the same for a job seeker. You know, before you get to that point of exploring career opportunities, pay it forward before that, you know, post learning opportunities. Um, No, you know, Alex, you've looked at my profile. You know, if you look at what I post, if I post a painting that I've done in my private time, that will get like a ton of likes. Mm -hmm, But if I mm -hmm, post, mm -hmm. hey, we've got an SVP role. I don't know. It might get five likes. If I post... (laughs) you know, the CHRO just sent me a bunch of Gatorade because I had a cold that gets 700 likes, you know, you have to interact before you need something, you know, you have to interact and you have to support others um, to create those connections and networking. Again, it's paying it forward. It's that servant leadership. You, you, you bring up a really interesting point. Um, you're absolutely one. Everyone, please go to her LinkedIn. Your art is phenomenal. It really, I, 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 I can see you being a professional Thank artist. You. Like it's really good. Uh, I showed my wife, and she loved it too. Um, Thank you. You're right. Like those instances of those almost those personal moments are the ones that people really love clicking like on. Um, but we're also told that LinkedIn is a professional tool. You should be you should be posting professional stuff. Um, or otherwise, go to Facebook or Twitter or TikTok, things like that. Um, I, now I'm picturing you doing a TikTok dance, by the way. Um, so, <laughs> so what is that balance with you know professionalism on LinkedIn and whatnot? Thank you for tuning in to the Alex Tremble Show. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors.
If you're a manager in the federal government, do you have feds protection professional liability insurance? Because if you don't, you need to get it. Having a feds policy means that you will be protected against any professional capacity lawsuit, administrative action, or criminal investigation arising from actions taken in the scope of your employment. This insurance is a must-have for federal managers and starts at just $209 a year. Plus, your agency will reimburse you for half of this cost. To learn more, visit www.fedsprotection.com or call 866-955-3337 today. Federal open season is over, but you can apply for Wave of Life insurance year-round. WEPA has been ensuring the future of federal employees for more than 75 years. WEPA can be used as a supplement or a replacement for Fegley and can cost less. Last year, members who switched saved $375 on average. Apply for WEPA Group Term Life Insurance and see how much you could save by visiting waepa.org today. And now back to the Alex Tremble Show with your host, Alex Tremble. Well, think about this though. So, you know, if you think about a post that has Gatorade on it getting 700 likes, but yet a post that's an SVP opportunity maybe gets 10 likes, what that screams to me is that people are really craving that whole person leadership you know, that emotional wellness, the emotional connection. So I understand the lens of, gosh, if you're going to do something personal, post it on Facebook. But Alex, think about this. The epitome of professionalism is to be a a heartfelt servant leader. And in today's climate, with how much um, angst we've had in health crisis and financial crisis and political crisis Mm. and social injustice, What people are craving is feeling valued and cared about. Um, You know, I do so many one-on-ones and yes, we can talk about workflow, but what I really care about is how they're doing. How are you? How can I help you? How can I support you? Um, And that's when people feel valued and cared for. So that's when you're going to get the engagement. And, And I will share what happens organically when you genuinely and authentically care about people, they're going to perform because they're engaged and they feel cared about and they want to show up strong because they've been invested in. Mm-hmm. So back to your question, to me, doing personal things on LinkedIn, that just shows that I'm a human uh, and it shows that I'm a whole person. And that's what we need to be moving towards anyway with leadership is that whole person leadership. Yeah. 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 So, so I, I, I want to, I'd love to, to grace the, if you would grace the audience and I um, with some advice on that, you know, just how did you get to where you got? Um, because again, I can tell you, I, 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 I read your resume. Awesome. <laughs> I, I watch you. your, <laughs> I watch your LinkedIn. I can't come on LinkedIn without seeing you get another award. So, what what is special (laughs) so what's hey this is it wasn't me it was all these magazines um so you know what what is it 
that is special about you that makes you stand up and consistently be acknowledged and want and people and organizations want you to come aboard and help them do what they do. Well, I appreciate that. That makes me feel good. Thank you for your kindness. You know, um, my, my sweet spot has truly, truly, truly been um, heart and servant leadership. Um, nothing has ever been checked the box for me. Uh, I deeply and authentically care about teams and their well-being. And, and I believe in courage and grit and forward feedback and accountability and high EQ and self-awareness. That's, that's what I treasure most. So being title agnostic, inviting those diverse perspectives in, um, and, and truly achieving the art of the possible. I, I have uh, zero tolerance for entitlement, politicking, posturing, toxicity. I'm super allergic to CYA. <laughs> and I, I'm also very deeply invested in the I, the I in DEI. The I is so important, and, and this isn't a squirrel. I'm, I'm really passionate about this. Um, I really believe in, in inclusiveness. You know, so when you have culture ads and culture contributors, you know, they're going to bring the innovation and value. But at the same time, we need to remove that whole concept of executive presence from our vocabulary. And I'm going to explain why. And there's a point to this. You know, present leaders are servant leaders, um, high integrity, results driven, uh, relatable, visionary, leaning in, you know, with inspirational, authentic and caring leadership. You know, executive presence, that whole term, it's a very elitist term. It, it creates an unsafe environment. And what happens when you keep touting that executive presence is that there's going to be so many people that will shrink to make others comfortable to fit into that traditional and legacy stereotype of the role. You know, it, it makes no sense whatsoever to open up to culture ads and culture contributors only to ultimately alienate. Um, so, so what I feel that I bring to the table, which has not always been well received is I do believe in being you. I do believe in being your authentic self. Um, I, I love truth tellers. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very allergic to that whole political savvy topic. I've often paid a price for it. You know, I believe in healthy challenge. I believe in courageous conversations. I believe in everyone being their authentic self. Um, I used to report to a chief talent officer. Her name was Robin Kirby and she called it truth telling. She loved truth tellers and I love truth tellers. But, you know, not everyone is wired that way. Often, you know, we encounter leaders who thrive on who can elevate them as opposed to really lifting people up for that healthy challenge and up-down feedback and the art of the possible. Um, so, you know, every organization is going to have that. And, and I think how people thrive is, you know, finding your tribe you know, find those brilliant, beautiful individuals who swarm and lift each other up, empowering and courageous people. 
But, you know, being your authentic self doesn't mean that you can disregard your surroundings. You know, I'm, I'm very mm. sensitive to other people's styles and temperaments, and I'll adjust when needed without compromising myself. Um, but that's what creates successful relationships and collaboration. Um, but not everybody's going to connect on that level. And, and there's going to be bruising. But what the beauty is behind that is, you know, we each have the power to choose our environments. You know, I am very fortunate um, that I am in a mission and member-driven environment with high integrity. I can tell you 100% uh, Navy Federal does the right thing at all times. I am extremely fortunate to report into a CHRO, Holly Courtright. Um, she really appreciates and values what I can contribute. Um, we have healthy dialogue and, and she's very invested and intentional in creating conditions for success, not just for me, but for all teammates. So um, I am very blessed to be in an environment that accepts me. Um, and includes me because I am different. Um, I am not your typical executive. And I celebrate the fact that I've been fortunate to be put into an environment that values what I bring to the table. I'm lucky. No, I thank you so much for sharing that. You, you make me think of that old adage that I think we all proven wrong now. Um, what was it? Uh, treat others as you would like to be treated. Um, mm -hmm. we, we've said that's kind of out the window is treat others as they would like to be treated. Um, <laughs> and it almost feels like you've taken that to another level because it's not just how they would like <laughs> to be treated, but it's also you. So it's, it's a both, right? So you don't have to lose yourself when you're working with someone else. Like you said, you can't, I'll, I'll be completely honest. Maybe I'm the only guy. Um, I am not the exact same person I am <laughs> around my mom. Um, that I'm around my best friend. Um, I, I, I have some, some racy conversations with my mom too, but <laughs> not the same love my best friend. Like um, we, we have, I feel like there are different, I feel like there are different versions of ourselves. It doesn't mean that you have to give up you, who you are. It's just kind of changing and making tweaks as, as needed. Um, yeah. I agree. And, you know, it's interesting because um you're always going to have somebody that you're like, that you don't quite connect with. But, you know, I think what's important, and it's funny because Robin Kirby and I used to talk about this all the time. She was a wonderful leader. I really enjoyed her. But I, I, I really think it, it works so well when each of us, you know, try to do our very best to assume positive intent. Um, yes. You know, seeking to understand, coming from curious, all the buzzwords. But I, I literally do my very, very best um, to at least find one good thing in a person, in everyone. Um, and when I focus on that one good thing, that's what I build upon. And, and I'll share with you, it's tough at times. Um, you know, I'm, I'm painfully aware of my surroundings. I'm constantly on high alert doing environmental scans. I, I really read others. So it, it can be difficult to look past characteristics that I'm allergic to, but I am a huge proponent of collaboration and inclusiveness. So again, I think that if each of us paused and, and just took the time to find that one good thing in each person, 
I think that's what helps build those relationships and the collaboration and the inclusiveness, honestly. If, if I can, if I can share one short, super short story, um, yeah. example about that is that there is this um, individual I used to work around um, and this individual is very prickly, very, very prickly. Um, and not everyone got along with this individual. Um, and then, but people were really surprised that I got along with them. And they were like, how do you deal with this person? Like, this person is so, we're going to use the word prickly. Um, I said, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. You know, there are a number of things that definitely annoy me. Um, but you know what? This person is really good at this particular thing. And yes. I appreciate it so much because I, I couldn't do that. Like, I'm like I'm with you. It's always about finding like there's some everyone has something they're good at or they do. value they provide. It, it, it's more about finding that thing, right? Yes, I I agree, and I I think um, I think it is easy, especially when we're all under pressure and and we're in stressful environments and we have so many deliverables uh, to become reactionary and not pause. And I do think pausing is important. You know, sometimes we have to go slow to go fast, but where this is most meaningful is when you, uh, when you have interactions with others, you know, just pause for a minute, you know, come from curious, um, seek to understand and find that one good thing about that person that you really enjoy that you can connect on. And I, I just, it's always worked for me. And I remember when Robin and I had the conversation, she's like, Oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. I need to do that. And I'm like, well, just try it. You know, stretch a little bit. <laughs> uh. Well, I, I know we only have so much time together today, but I, I do want to open the floor back up to you. Is, is there anything that you like to get off your chest? If there's something that you, you want to yell at me about right now, feel free to do it. I'll sit here and take it. But if there is advice or thoughts or anything you'd like to share right now, I do want to open that to you. Well, I first want to say, Alex, I, I'm really grateful that we're connected. I've, I've enjoyed following the work that you do. I've enjoyed supporting you. Um, your podcasts are fantastic. So I feel very, very honored that I was invited in. So thank you. I think the messaging that you lift up that I appreciate is that, um, you know, to be you, be curious, always be learning, you know, proactively seeking those learning opportunities, embracing feedback, practice mindfulness, that humble confidence, identifying your biases, framing and reframing. You know, one thing that I learned when I read Adam Grant's book, which I loved was Think Again, was, you know, don't stay anchored in your thoughts, actively seek and explore mm. differing perspectives, you know, stay in that deep end, always stretch, go beyond your comfort zones. You know, when I see individuals that are becoming limited, it's usually because they're very anchored in their thoughts and beliefs. You know, they're always trying to be the smartest person in the room, but we all have learning opportunities and we need to seek and embrace meaningful and actionable feedback, but really it's about staying in that deep end and always stretching, going beyond your comfort zone. You, you know, I was, I was trying to do a slick, but I couldn't do it. I was trying to find this quote because you, I, I love what you said. Um, it's by the, um, he is the, he is the current um, chief diversity officer for Bayer, that big, big company. Um, mm -hmm. I, I listened to a conversation he had recently and he said, um, he said, 
oh my goodness, he basically said something to the ex- extent, um, when you think you know everything, know you're wrong. Yes. And even when you, even on the off chance that you do know everything about a topic, you're likely, your information is likely incomplete. Like, wow. <laughs> now, if you're, if you're the smartest person in the room, you need to find a different room. I, <laughs> I, you know, I, I always, uh, it's, this is interesting. Oftentimes, uh, leaders are very uncomfortable hiring someone that's better than them. That's very threatening. But it's always been my practice to hire people that are way better than me because I want the opportunity <laughs> to learn. But that's what having a team is all about, is to swarm and having those diverse skill sets and experiences because that's what makes a team great. I never want to be the smartest person in the room. Um, and I am always learning and I do hire people that are better than me um, because that's what makes a great team. You, you know, I'm going to... Uh... I, really quickly, last question. I just got to throw it in here. No, I love that. this. It's um, great. The smartest person. I've been saying it for years. I'm going to, for those listening, I'm going to also dive into this more with a future conversations. But I've been hearing about this. You'll never be the smartest person in the room. Never be the most successful person in the room. Like I preach it. I teach it. Mm-hmm. But but there's a feeling that comes along with it when you realize that that you're that, like you're the least smartest person in the room or you're the least successful. Like, I could I could feel a type of way. Like, how do you, on one side, stay learning and stay cognitively or emotionally open when you know that, yeah, you pretty, pretty much are the, the least smartest or the least successful in that room? Well, you know, what I celebrate most in others, um, I love that humble comp confidence and mindfulness and self-awareness. Um, high EQ to me is like hands down what I go for in people. Um, but when you're self-aware and you have humble confidence and you're mindful, you, you understand what your opportunities are. And then you connect with people that can help you grow and connect and learn. You know, I think the most dangerous leader is an insecure leader. Um, and insecure leaders, uh, they're going to hire somebody that they can control um, or somebody that's not threatening. And that's that's not how we're going to succeed. Um, we yeah. have to have that humble confidence and bring people along that are going to make me better. Um, I can tell you, Alex, 100%, every person that I've hired has 100% been better than me. and And I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that because I, my job is to be their ambassador. My job is to elevate and lift them. My job is to empower and inspire. This is not the Brit show. So you need to bring on leaders that are better than you. And then your job will be so much easier lifting them up. They're doing the heavy lifting. They're great. Well, everyone, you heard it here. Um, this is not the Brit show, but if she keeps dropping knowledge like this, it will become the Brit show. So please, <laughs> let's calm down. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for joining us today. I truly appreciate it. Um, and look, for all of you, you know what I'm about to say. You know where I'm going with this. We've been down this road before. Don't just look back, reach back. If you found anything of value today, anything that's set on your heart, say, you know what? I may try something differently. Don't keep it to yourself. Bring someone else to the table. Bring someone else to the party. Don't say they should have been here. You're not that person. And 
yeah, you're not that person. Don't do it. So as always, everyone stay strong, stay positive, definitely stay moving. See ya. Thanks for listening. Find us online at thealextrempleshow.com and be sure to share what you've learned with at least one other person today. Check back on the first and third Wednesday of each month for new episodes. Until next time, stay strong, stay positive, and definitely stay moving. <laughs>